Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast, an extra special episode of the podcast because we are preparing for a playoff game for the first time in two years, three years, really. It feels it feels so great to be a Packer fan, knowing the Packers are in the playoffs, in the divisional round, got a first round bye, get a home game against the Seattle Seahawks. It feels amazing, uh, very exciting in Titletown. And, of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Braun and Mason. Braun, Lambo Leapers on Instagram. How you doing, Braun? I'm doing great. You know, this this playoff game has everybody excited, you know, throughout the city and Packer fans worldwide are just uh, we're just thrilled right now. And, and I can't wait for this football game. Yeah, it's definitely a different feeling amongst the fandom. It feels like it feels like everyone's way more engaged, obviously, just naturally because the Packers are in the playoffs. But uh, yeah, also joined by Mason at Packer Posts on Instagram and Twitter. Mason, how you doing? Great, man. Like you were saying. Me, me, you, and Brown all grew up knowing the Packers were going to make the playoffs pretty much every year. You know, we went on that eight-year run, and, you know, these past two years not making it kind of made us feel like it kind of made the making the playoffs this year extra special because now we know the feeling of how it is looking on the outside and not being in there. It's just, you know, we never had that growing up, and, and it's making this year extra special and super exciting, especially for Sunday and, you know, trying to get some playoff revenge on the Seahawks. Yeah, absolutely. This this era of fans, like guys like us who are still young kids who haven't really known not making the playoffs before 2017, 2018, we kind of took it for granted. And now we know what it feels like to be a, a bad team living in those lingo years where you're in between good rosters. And you, I'm not taking this for granted at all. I'm enjoying every second of this, even though it hasn't always been the prettiest thing to watch. It's just so exciting knowing that the, the Green Bay Packers are in the in the NFL playoffs. It's just amazing, and it's the first time the Packers have played a home divisional game since the uh, 2014 playoffs when Dez infamously dropped the football on fourth down, and the only reason that, w- that was overturned was because of Mike McCarthy challenging the play, and how fitting that this week Mike McCarthy was hired by the Dallas Cowboys to be their new head coach, and that's actually our first story on our, on our news docket today, Mike McCarthy, new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, any impulse reactions from you guys? I just I, w- I couldn't be happier for the guy. I mean, uh, his career in Green Bay was was nothing short of just impeccable. Uh, I, I love that guy, and and he's going to be a, a Packer for life, uh, for wherever he goes. Uh, but really, I'm just uh, it's nice to see him get a job and uh, just you know get back to coaching after a year away of self scouting and involving uh, you know learning the new game and things of that nature. So it's I just you know very exciting for him. Obviously, you wish it wasn't a team that, you know, Packers fans and, 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 you know, one of our biggest rivals is a team that Packers fans aren't too too keen to. So uh, but but overall, I just I'm very excited uh, for him and and his opportunity. And, and I'm sure it's nice for him to get back there with Randall Cobb. And it's going to be a, a nice opportunity for him. And I think he's in a great position to win win a lot of football games. Yeah, man, I'm super pumped for Mike, too. He's uh, he's a great guy. He obviously led us to a Super Bowl. And now he gets a chance to, you know, prove himself to to everybody that he can, you know, be, be a good coach without Aaron Rodgers. He he went on that huge run, and every single year was, you know, Aaron was his quarterback. Besides, obviously, the first couple of years with Brett Favre, but that Cowboys roster is very solid. They're gonna probably lock up Dak here. They locked up Zeke. They gotta lock up Amari. Um, if they re-sign Cobb, he'll have a familiar face there. And no, and just just in general, I'm happy for the guy. It's and it's pretty cool. He's the first ever coach to to uh, coach the Packers and be named the uh, the Cowboys head coach as well. So it's pretty historic, and I'm just in general happy for the guy. 
Yeah, arguably the two most iconic franchises in the NFL. I'd say that. Uh, most well-known. I mean, the Patriots are also in that, and Steelers are obviously in that discussion as well. But, yeah, that's pretty crazy for Mike to go from the Packers to the Cowboys. And he kind of said at his uh, introductory press conference yesterday that the Cowboys was the most iconic franchise and it's, like, the most special position to be the head coach for, which I'm sure that triggered a lot of Packer fans, including myself. <laughs> um, I don't think that was a jab or anything. I mean, I don't think that's something McCarthy would do. I think he was just, I mean, it is, it's true. Being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys is something unlike anything else in sports. So obviously it's a great opportunity for Mike and I, I, I'm hoping he does well as much as I dislike the Dallas Cowboys as most NFL fans do. Uh, I'm rooting for him definitely. And if they do re-sign Randall Cobb, I think he's going to uh, be really happy about that too. He won his whole career basically with Mike McCarthy until he went to the Cowboys last year. So I'm sure he's happy to have him back. And yeah, like you said, Mason, that that roster is insanely talented. One of the most talented rosters in the NFL. I mean, I think we all thought that going into the year for sure. And it was really a perfect example of coaching, holding that team back. So with a fresh face at head coach, with Dak Prescott, a young quarterback, then Mike McCarthy can help kind of develop like he did for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think that team could be pretty dangerous. Maybe not immediately, but uh, certainly for the for the future in the coming years. Yeah, like you said, I'm not sure that was a jab that uh you know that comment that he made. I think it's just he he enjoys that that scrutiny, that pressure that's that's put on that Dallas Cowboys head coach because their fans are really the most vocal uh, of any franchise, and and they've kind of been struggling over the course of the last you know 30 years. Uh, uh, not struggling, you know, in terms of just overall winning because they've been doing that, but uh, they haven't been able to win the Super Bowl in a while. So uh, obviously they want to get back there. And, you know, Mike McCarthy enjoys the pressure to be able to, you know, kind of put the team on his shoulders and, and start this new project of his. And, and that's winning a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But, um, you know, I'm just like you guys said, you know, we're just super happy for him. And we couldn't thank him enough for what he did for us in Green Bay. And we're going to miss him. And, and he'll be a Packer for life regardless. I think he actually had more wins, more playoff wins at AT&T Stadium than Jason Garrett did. I think uh, the Super Bowl and the 2016 divisional game beat out Jason Garrett's one one playoff win in his tender. Yeah, that's probably true. And that's funny. Uh, Rodgers was kind of talking about that yesterday when he was asked about McCarthy. He said that, yeah, McCarthy's had a lot of success there, so it makes sense that Jason Garrett would go after him like that. Um, I'm sure I'm sure McCarthy's also thankful for having a guy like Jerry Jones where he doesn't have to be the face of the front office like he was in Green Bay when most of his tenure Ted Thompson was the GM who never did press conferences never talked to the media everything kind of fell on McCarthy and it's been reported that he wanted something much different from that and it, you can't get much different than going to the Cowboys with Jerry Jones, who gets he's the, the yeah. only front office guy who gets interviewed after every single game. So I'm sure Mike really appreciates that. So, yeah, I'm definitely rooting for him. I'm hoping he does well. But uh, moving along with some Packers news, uh, looking ahead to this Sunday with the matchup with the Seattle Seahawks in the huge divisional round game should be a good one. But the Packers are kind of going into it banged up, probably the most banged up they've been all year. Um They've been very healthy this year, very unusual for Green Bay. But uh, the most concerning injury on this list, I think, is Kenny Clark, who was a non-participant earlier in the week, but a limited participant today with a back injury. So that that's definitely something to watch. We're obviously hoping he can play because he's become kind of the, one of the most important pieces on the Packers' defense. So 
and he's really been playing great football these past this past month really so it'd be huge to have him in the game uh he went from did not practice to limited so that's a good sign at least but Brian Balaga Corey Lindsley are uh, both back to full participation at practice, which is obviously a good sign. They both got injured in the Detroit Lions game, Belaga with a concussion, concussion, and Lindsley with a back injury. So it's very, very good to see them both practicing again. And uh, Bill Turner, right guard for the Packers, played through an ankle injury during the Lions game, he said, after the game, but he stayed in the game. He stuck it out. He's and- actually a limited participant in practice today. So that's something to look out for as well. So the Packers are... Not at full strength uh, for this playoff game with the Seahawks. Uh, well, I, I really think they will be. You know, there's a little bit of a bug going around, a flu, um, and that's really been going around the entire city of Green Bay. But uh, only a few Packers have been truly affected by it, and, and I'm sure everything will uh, will be all right in regards to that uh, for the game. But uh, the injuries that we're dealing with, we had a week off, and, and we've been able to, you know, most of those guys on the O-line that were hurt, and, you know, some of the guys like Danny Vitale and other guys like that are going to be, you know, mostly healed and considering it's a playoff game, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't worry about some of the guys like Kenny Clark. Uh, I wouldn't worry about their availability. Uh, I, I think we should be almost nearly fully healthy uh, for this game. And, and that's going to be important against a, a team in the Seahawks that's actually quite banged up themselves. Yeah, the Seahawks are also banged up, especially on their offensive line. And they're going to be coming to Lambeau Field this Sunday and perfect frozen tundra conditions it looks like uh the range right now is i believe 18 degrees to 22 degrees for sunday night and this snowstorm that's supposed to be coming on saturday night could be pushed to sunday night uh so that would be obviously a huge advantage it already is for the packers russell wilson is actually one and two with in games below 30 degrees and he has a passer rating of 61.3 in those games obviously highlighted by the 2016 matchup at lambeau field where the Packers won 38 to 14, I think, and Russ threw five interceptions. So he has not fared well in cold weather. The other one that comes to mind is the playoff game against Minnesota in 2015, when the only reason the Seahawks won that game was because Blair Walsh yanked a 27-yard field goal. So it should be a huge advantage for the Packers with uh, West Coast team. Seattle does get a little cold, but it it does it's not anything like Green Bay cold. So. Uh, it should be a fun one this weekend. Hopefully the snow does come down. Currently there's a 40% chance of snow on Sunday night. It could so. be very advantageous for the Packers. Yeah, if you've been paying attention to the Seahawks late in the season, they've been decimating the run game. You know, they lost Chris Carson, Rashawn Penny, their first two running backs. And like you are saying, Griff, if, if it's going to snow on Sunday and they got to resort to um, a very old Marshawn Lynch and rookie Travis Homer and, you know, a banged up offensive line and, and if, and like you said, Russell Wilson's not super good, not super efficient passing the ball in the cold weather. I, it just is looking really good for the Packers. We've we've seen the Packers, you know, eat up the ground in the cold, like against the Giants and the and the Panthers. It's just looking very up. And you know, like Jamal Williams says, he loves playing in the cold. We know Aaron Jones can handle it too. It's things are things are looking very good. Yeah, the Seahawks' offensive line is very banged up, and they're not very good to begin with. So. Uh, they've allowed a lot of sacks this year. Some of that's on Russell Wilson's part, but in the run blocking department, they're not very great either. I think they're ranked in the 20s, uh, according to Football Outsiders, in run blocking. So, And actually, last week against the Eagles, Philly held both Travis Homer and Marshawn Lynch to 19 yards on 27 carries. Obviously, the Eagles' defense is like a top three run defense in the NFL, so we shouldn't expect results like that, but that's just 
that just goes to show how unreliable the Seahawks offensive line can be, especially with all these injuries. Yeah, and it's not just that offensive line that's banged up. They've really got guys all over the map, uh, including some of their best players like Judavion Clowney, and, and uh, he's obviously going to be a big factor for them on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but back to the Seattle Seahawks running game, you know, that uh, compared to our running game, we've got guys that, you know, really don't fumble the ball very often. And, and uh, Aaron Jones only has, what, two fumbles this year, and, and Jamal Williams doesn't have any. So those guys aren't going to put it on the ground very often. And that's a huge advantage, especially if it's snowing, you know, in that cold weather. And, and if we can rely on those guys to get major yardage for us, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about, you know, some of the other factors of the cold playing into the passing game for the wide receivers, like catching the football. So, you know, it's going to be important to get those guys involved and hopefully take some of the load off of Aaron Rodgers in that passing game for the offense. Let's just dive into the offense. Uh, that about does it for all the news we have. Uh, yeah, so this week, we've said it a thousand times, but huge game against the Seattle Seahawks. So exciting as a Packer fan. And uh, kind of a chance to exercise some demons, some playoff demons against the Seahawks that we've had in the past. Uh Obviously, I'm talking about the 2014 NFC Championship game where the Seahawks can't. You don't need to be reminded what happened, but it should yeah. be a very good game between two really good teams who are both in the department of winning ugly, you could say, or at least winning close games. The Packers do it in a little uglier fashion, less points involved than the Seahawks do, but uh, I, both teams are very similar in that they're not going to blow anyone out and they don't get blown out very often. So I am expecting kind of a, a nail-biter a nail-biter finish as we've seen between these two teams in the past what are you guys thinking going into this game against the Seattle Seahawks well my, my initial thoughts are you know just just thinking about you know the course of the season and what some of the you know what some fans and, and some media experts experts and you know just some people are saying and and I think about you know looking at some of these other playoff teams and I really feel like we're one of the most uh, you know complete teams in the NFL we can win in so many ways and and we really there, from week to week, you don't know what's going to win the game for the Packers, whether it's, you know, some of their secondary play that gets them big interceptions and, and you know, holds team from passing against us. Or our run defense has shown up, especially recently, against some of these other teams that we've had to beat, uh, like the Vikings. Or whether it's Aaron Rodgers throwing five touchdowns against the Oakland Raiders or, you know, Aaron Jones scoring four touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys. We can win in so many ways, and, and we really are a complete team. And I feel like that's going very under the radar, just as we are, even as a 13-3 and juggernaut. You know, the number two seed, we have the bye. Uh, we're really flying under the radar. And uh, for some reason, you know, I just think that we can really come out and win this game with a statement. I just think we match up so well with, with the Seahawks, especially at home, the conditions in our favor. And, and on offense, I just think we have what it takes. Uh, I mean, our offensive line, is one of the best in the NFL, and if we can, you know, just do the things we need to do to get Aaron Jones the football, Jamal Williams the football, and run it well enough to open up the passing game, the play-action game, you know, the Seattle defensive backs and secondary is not great by any stretch of the imagination. Aaron Rodgers, this is a playoff game. Tensions will be high. I'm just, I'm very confident right now, especially in our offense. Yeah, Brian, I'm with you there. I really do think this Packers team matches up very well with the Seahawks. You know, when I saw the Saints lose and, you know, we had the chance to play either the Seahawks or the Eagles, I, I just felt much better of our chances. And, you know, now, now that the Seahawks won and we're playing them this Sunday, just, you know, as as we've seen in this season go along, we've known that a run defense has them super well. And like I stated earlier, this, this Seattle rushing offense <laughs> is gone. 
Chris Carson was a top five running back in that or top five running back as far as yards come this season. And Rashad Penny was super good as a backup. But now they, you know, they had to bring up Marshawn Lynch out of retirement and uh, Travis Homer, I'm pretty sure, spent most of the season on the practice squad. And like Griff alluded to earlier, 19 yards on 27 carries last week for those two. Russell Wilson is going to have to throw the ball. DK Metcalf has been a beast, but I really do think Kevin King matches up. Size-wise, you know, Kevin King 6'3", has the same measurables as far as speed goes. I, I think as long as Kevin King can, you know, lock up DK Metcalf and not let him go off for, I think he went off for 160 last week. I feel like Jair can handle Tyler Lockett, and I feel like whoever is in the whoever's in the slot, whether it's Tremont Williams or, you know, Shannon Sullivan can handle a guy like David Moore. I just feel like from a from a defensive standpoint, we match up really well with the Seahawks and. You know, Griff, what do you think about the other side of the ball? How, what do you, how do you think the Packers offense matches up with the Seahawks defense? Well, I think a lot of it is dependent on the weather, really. I think if it's snowing, the Packers are going to really have a hard time passing the ball. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is better in that situation than probably anyone, but just naturally, you're going to run the football more, and I think that's what the game plan is going to be, regardless of the weather, honestly. I think it's going to be a very ground-heavy approach. As I said, the Seahawks are not very good uh, defending the run. So the the way Aaron Jones is playing and the way Jamal Williams plays and the way jo- Jamal Williams loves the cold weather, I think this is going to be a very ground-dependent game. I almost tend to disagree with you there. I, I really think that we have that advantage to the point where I, I think we are going to be just as willing to pass the football, uh, even if it is snowing. We kind of saw that in the Giants game, and you know we were kind of able to take the advantage of knowing where we're going while the defensive backs are slipping around the field as Devontae Adams makes his moves, you know, I, I think that really is a true advantage, especially for a team that's so experienced in it. So uh, I'm, I'm very confident, like I said, regardless of what the weather brings, I, I just think our offense, we can just make Seattle's defense kind of, you know, they're gonna, their head's going to be spinning a little bit as we kind of find our way. And uh, just I think this is going to be a statement game for us. Yeah, that could very well happen. It could be a approach from LaFleur of, it's going to be snowing, it's going to be very cold, and we have the advantage in the passing game in that kind of weather. I that mean, could be the game plan, really. Just come out hot, come out throwing the ball, get an early lead, because you you kind of have to have faith in your defense and in the kind of have a lack of faith in the Seahawks' offense that they're not going to be able to put up the same points as us just because of the weather. And obviously you factor in players, you factor in playmakers, uh, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, that they don't really have a running back like that. They can uh, depend on like we can with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. And then Devontae Adams at receiver, they don't really have anyone like that. Obviously, I, I think they're, I think their receivers are better as a whole than ours, but Devontae Adams, he's he's a game changer as we've seen. Uh, so if, if that is the game plan, I would not be opposed to that, to Aaron Rodgers coming out of the gate swinging. We've been a great first quarter team all year. That could be the approach come out, get an early lead, and just kind of play ball control the rest of the game, which that could be the approach. Uh, we saw that, obviously, early early on in the season when we'd come out in the first quarter, put up a bunch of points, and just play ball control. But I think our run game has improved since the beginning of the season, and it's going up against a, a worse run defense. So if that's the game plan, come out, start throwing bombs like we did in Detroit, kind of, get the lead, and then just ride our ground game and obviously score some more points through that. I think that would be... That'd be a pretty good plan for Matt LaFleur. Yeah, you talk about Devontae Adams and that, and that matchup with that secondary. Uh, do, my question is, do they really have a corner that can stop him? 
like some of these other playoff teams can. Well, then again, nobody can really stop Devontae Adams. But looking at Seattle's cornerbacks, who's going to match up with him and, and Seattle's confident in saying that they can at least contain him? I mean, they've got Shaquille Griffin and they've got Trey Flowers, and those are their two guys that they rely on. I don't see either of those guys, you know, having any chance against Adams, and that's going to just make it a lot easier for Rodgers because, you know, obviously in most plays, Devontae Adams is that first read. So uh, I think that's another thing that's going to open up the passing game. I I really do think that this is going to be one of those games where uh, things, you know, we kind of start seeing things a lot easier and we're finding guys a lot easier because Devontae Adams is going to take up a lot of the, a lot of that Seattle uh, coverage. You know, he's going to get double teamed quite a bit. And that's going to open up the field for other guys as well. So I, I just think everything, just all these little factors, all these little things, it just is a recipe for success for Green Bay. There's just too many things to look at and point to a Green Bay advantage. It's just hard to, you know, it's it's hard to pinpoint anything that Seattle can hang their hat on here for this game. Yeah, going back to last year, we saw Devontae Adams destroy Shaquille Griffin in the week 11 game on Thursday night, Adams had one of the best games of his career. I think it was the best game of his career up to that point. If Seattle takes the approach of, okay, let's take away Devontae Adams, similar to what a Bill Belichick would do. Then we also have Alan Lazard, who would probably be matching up with Trey Flowers for most of the game. And I think that's also very advantageous for the Packers. Yeah, there's a lot of matchups like that, that you just look at and and just, you know, there's an advantage for Green Bay. Like, I just I think the only chance that Seattle has at at really you know stopping some portion of the passing game is is their two linebackers you know Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright I think if those guys can kind of man down the middle of the field for Seattle then it makes the game a lot more interesting because you know Rodgers is going to have to start throwing to the outside you know throwing deeper to where the safeties are at things of that nature so uh, I and especially you know same thing goes for the running game can those two guys man down the running game as well. So that's those are the guys I'm looking at as the factors, the X factors for Seattle if they really want to stop us on offense. And uh, if, if Aaron Rodgers is able to find things all over the field and, and make it more difficult for those guys in the middle, it's just another one of those things that, you know, it's going to help us win the football game. We just got to get Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams going, like, from the get-go. I'm, I'm scared, like, Griff, what you said, if, if they can lock up Devontae Adams. I know we have Alan Lazard, who's been popping off as of late, but – it's scary, man. If they're stopping the run and they're just shutting down Devontae Adams, I, it's hard to have faith in MVS and Geronimo and, and Jimmy Graham after the seasons they've had this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's completely rational. A fear of lack of playmakers in a big playoff game like this is certainly something to be worried about. Alan Lazard, he's been great uh, as the season goes on, but does he have what it takes to kind of put the team on his back or put the offense on his back when... If we're losing by three points in the fourth in the fourth quarter or something like that, I don't know. I think Aaron has implicit trust in him, but uh, the lack of playmakers has definitely been kind of the Achilles heel to this team, I'd say, especially on the offensive side of the ball for sure. I mean, yeah, that's that's the question. Can these young guys? This is for the whole team. Can these young guys? These you know, some of these guys have been drafted. Our major playmakers have been drafted just a couple of years ago. Can these guys rise to the occasion? for this playoff game. This is the game of, of the highest magnitude that we've played in multiple years now. How many of these guys are going to be ready to go? And that's a legitimate question. I'm confident in, in our leadership, not only as not only the players' leadership, but from all the way up to Matt LaFleur. I, I'm really confident in that. And uh, I just I look towards some of the younger guys, like Jair Alexander. 
those guys have a ton of confidence and, and I don't see Alexander. I, I don't see him slowing down. Like I, I don't think Kevin King is going to lose any confidence and I don't think he's going to be wavered, you know, by the magnitude of the game. I, I look at, like you said, the more concerning part of it is some of those offensive guys that have struggled all year long. Uh, how are they going to do in a, in a game like this with the weather, with the fans, you know, this, they're, they're going to realize the, you know, the largeness of this moment and, you know, is this going to get to them and, and, you know, are they going to feel those nerves? Jimmy Graham is a guy that I don't think he's been there before. He's done it with other teams. You know what I mean? I don't think he's one of those guys, although he has struggled this season mightily. Uh, but I, I do think some of those guys like MVS, like Alan Lazard, uh, that's going to be concerning. Same thing with Geronimo Allison, because he's been putting the ball on the field very often lately. Uh, he's had multiple fumbles in recent weeks. Uh, that's a concerning thing. All these guys have to really focus, you know, hopefully the self-scouting did everybody good. And, and there's a lot of things that go into, you know, just getting the job done uh, in a game of this magnitude. And, and these younger guys got to step up and, and they can't be wavered by the moment. Yeah, it's crazy to think that, you know, guys like Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Jair, Kevin King, all these guys, this is their first ever playoff game. Like, you know, most of those guys were drafted in 2017, Jair in 2018. But what a way to to get this started at home. I just feel like it's a prime opportunity to finally, you know, get that first playoff game under their belt. And, you know, if we were to move on, I feel like they'd have that confidence to, you know, go on the road on a playoff game and, you know, be ready for that because this is a big stage now. And it's crazy that it's been three years since we've been here. But, you know, they this week is, is going to be huge for them. And being at home in their element, this is this is prime. Yeah, it's definitely a, a huge stage. And, I mean, that's kind of the thing you deal with when we have a roster that's so reliant on so many young players like we do. And every year there's kind of that team that's like, oh, I, I or maybe that team's too inexperienced to go too far in the playoff in it. It kind of seems like we're that team this year. It, it does feel like we're other, maybe the 49ers, uh, but it does feel like we're one of the more inexperienced teams in the playoffs remaining. So I think a lot of that is, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to really take pride in his leadership this week. Uh, I, I think he's, I think he's been enjoying, I think he's accepted his role as he's not, you know, one of the young guys on the team anymore. He's not there just to, just to have fun, I guess he's he he knows that he's 36 years old the whole team is looking up to him and i think he's i think he's done a great job of raising the play of everyone on the team this season and nathaniel hackett kind of echoed those sentiments earlier this week he said i think everybody knows they have to get up to where his standard is and i think that rises the the level of everybody and in a game of this magnitude we definitely need everyone to kind of rise to the standard that roger sets for all of his teammates and including himself yeah, and it's not just Aaron. I mean, it's, it's the guys within each position group. It's Blake Martinez. It's Zadarius and Preston. It's Tremont Williams. All these guys. They Some of these guys don't have the greatest roles, but, you know, these older guys are guiding these young guys along the way, and they're preparing them for the game of this magnitude. And, you know, I think they've done a great job so far this season to get them to 13-3 and three overall, and we've just got to continue that now into this huge game in Seattle, uh, in Green Bay against Seattle. And uh, I'm just I'm I'm excited for what we're going to see here, and I'm very confident in these guys. The leadership this year is definitely a strength on this team, outside of Aaron Rodgers. You know, like you said, there's so many. Feels like every position group kind of has that guy that everyone can look up to, which is important. And obviously, we know that this locker room is having a ton of fun. 
they there's 10 quotes every week about how much how much the whole team just loves each other and i don't think that's happening just because it's just the young players vibing <laughs> like we've seen like teams that are so young and so reliant on young players they kind of combust almost like the browns this year where it's just so much dysfunction and so much inexperience but yeah that's a good point that we do have so many guys across so many position groups that it kind of keeps every, everyone in check and it's just someone to look up to for everyone even even the young guys they don't have to go in cold not upon they don't have to go in cold to their first playoff game another matchup i'm really looking at uh is Jadavion Clowney. you know there's a lot of questions going into the matchup that he's got with our two tackles there uh you know how is he gonna fare uh you know concerning his health and things of that nature how is he gonna do against those two bookend tackles that we have I mean, that, that's such an exciting matchup. You talk about one of the premier defensive ends in all of football against two of the premier tackles in all of football. And, you know, that's just that's going to be so crucial to the game as well. Because if our guys are able to hold that down, you know, keep Davion Clowney out of the football game, then Aaron Rodgers is going to have a lot, of, a lot of chances to, you know, hold the ball as long as he needs and find his man because uh, their, their pass rush is, is not great apart from him. And, and he's been, you know, in and out of the lineup due to injuries. But, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll play. And uh, he's going to be a huge factor in, in that matchup as well. I don't know. I'm very confident in both of our tackles and with that matchup with Clowney. They've shut out better pass rushers than him this season. And I just have a hard time believing that he'll be a true factor because the way Balag is playing this year and Bakhtiari recently too has really been amazing. The Both of them together have just been true bookends on the offensive line and I think that's a I think that's advantage us and you kind of look across the board and a lot of positions are advantage Green Bay when their best player on defense probably maybe their second best player on the team if if we can remove him from the game which I don't think that's going to happen but if we can minimize his impact on the game as a whole then that's definitely exciting for the Packers no absolutely I I really think that it's it's possible and it's even likely that we can do that just you know, they're going to move him around, try to put him inside. That's something we do with Jadarius Smith. Uh, and it might work, you know, but we've got great – all along the line, we've had excellent play, uh, including Bill Turner, who's just really – he stood out to me, uh, you know, over the over the course of the last maybe, you know, six games or five-game winning streak, whatever you want to – you know, he's just been excellent. He really has been. And, and he's really gelled with this O-line. And, and they've all really played to the same standard of, you know, pro bowl caliber, all pro caliber football. And uh, that's so exciting because, you know, you, when you boil it, when you boil down to it, we might have the best O-line, uh, you know, in the entire remaining playoffs. So that that's very exciting because a lot of these teams have great pass rushers and to be able to possibly neutralize a lot of those guys, that's that's going to be crucial if we want to, you know, get to where we want to go. Yeah, I think the Ravens are really are the only team that's contending with us for the best offensive line remaining. Uh, Bill Turner, just to touch on him, he's played the most snaps out of anyone on the roster. And he hasn't been a dominant right guard for us this season, uh, but I think he's played very well, certainly above the level of Justin McCray and or Byron Bell from 2018, which was just like a revolving door at the right guard spot. So, And when we signed him back in March, it was it was a big talking point that he never gets injured. or I'm sure he's gotten injured once or twice, but overall he's a – very healthy player who stayed healthy over his career and I think that's something Brian Goodkins definitely looked at as we've seen this Packers offensive line get decimated by injuries in the past two or three years yeah I think his athletic body type and 
and just his overall length and height. I think that was very attractive to Brian Gutekunst in terms of his ability to, you know, stay healthy and not be some guy that can be pushed around very often because he really is an imposing figure on that offensive line. And uh, same goes for guys like Jared Valdir and, and some of the other backups that we have that have been, that have been playing really well. Uh, those are some athletic guys that, you know, very tall and, and very lean, and that allows them to move well enough where they can't get pushed around and, and get hurt. So uh, that's going to be important down the stretch, obviously. Yeah, the pass blocking and run blocking have been both great by the Packers offensive line this season, and it's really helped Aaron Jones kind of have his best season as a pro, have his breakout season, if you will. He eclipsed 1,000 yards in Week 17, which is awesome for him. First season doing that as a rusher. And uh, interesting stat I have from Ben Fennel over at The Athletic is that the Packers have had one, just one running back eclipse 180, 180 total yards in one single game. Just one of those in the past 14 years. And Aaron Jones did it three times this season in Kansas City, Dallas, and Carolina. So, I mean, that just speaks volumes to what he's done. It also speaks to what Matt LaFleur has done. Uh, We all complain in the McCarthy years that he didn't run the ball enough. He was 32nd in 2018 and run uh, run percentage. There was no balance at all. And some of that had to do with Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure. But it's great to see us truly become a power football team. And I've said it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Aaron Jones is the identity of this Packers offense, and when when he's on the field, this offense is exponentially better and way more efficient. So. I think we should continue feeding him the ball as the playoffs come. I mean, he, he was kind of splitting snaps with Jamal Williams, and a lot of that I'm sure had to do with the fact that we want him to stay healthy. He has been kind of injury prone, injury prone in 2017 and 2018. And uh, now's the time. Now's the time to truly feature him, in my opinion, and give him the rock consistently. Uh, it was probably 60-40 between him and Jamal. I think it should go up to 75-25, maybe 80-20. Yeah, Griff. I feel like Matt LaFleur has really learned, you know, through this season. We saw against the Chargers and against the Niners, Matt LaFleur kind of abandoned using Aaron Jones while we were down. And, you know, we, we had a lot of trouble getting back into those games. Obviously, we... Got annihilated in both of them. You know, couldn't do anything even when we were down, down big. And that I felt like the big thing was we just were, you know, trying to pass with our limited weapons and not establishing a run game and you know becoming a very predictable offense. And and I I look back to Week 16. Aaron Jones did not have an effective first half at all. But in the second half, we saw two huge touchdowns, especially that 56-yarder. Matt LaFleur stuck with Aaron Jones. Even with Jamal playing most of that Week 16 game, Matt LaFleur stuck with Aaron Jones, and it paid off big time. Aaron Jones um, finished with his with the most rushing yards all season, 154 on the ground, You know, just because Matt LaFleur stuck with him. And it was a close game. We had three first-half turnovers, one of them coming from Aaron Jones. And you know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing well at all in that first half, but he stuck with the run game. And I feel like if if anything happens in, in you know this Sunday where – the Packers are just struggling on offense, and maybe you know, maybe Seattle goes up a touchdown, goes up a couple field goals. He's just got to stick with Aaron Jones, hundred percent. Jamal, I just don't think Jamal Williams has the upside that Aaron Jones has. Aaron Jones is always a threat to break that big run, which I just think Jamal Williams is your, you know, five to ten yard, you know, downhill running back. I, I'm I'm impressed with Matt Lafleur. He's he he learned from his mistakes earlier in the year. And yeah, like you said, man, he's, I, I agree with that 75, 25 split and 
you know, don't give up on him if he's if he's struggling at first because he he gives that that Packers offense just that that boost and that burst that I just don't think any other running back does. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think Jamal Williams is a great a great player. He's really come on strong this season, but he just doesn't have that same upside. Aaron Jones, he will turn a negative three yard gain into a nine yard gain. Jamal Williams just doesn't kind of do that. And obviously we don't rely on him to do anything like that. We kind of use him more in those power situations and he's really succeeded. I think he's, I think he's a really, really great player to have on your team I think he'd be a fine running back one but when you have a guy like Aaron Jones it's just every time you see Jamal Williams touch the ball you have to think that's a snap Aaron Jones could have taken that's maybe uh maybe four or five more yards Aaron Jones could have gotten off that and I think in the playoffs in a game like this I think that's very important to just not stray away from him if he's if he's struggling if he's kind of unfocused if he's making uh silly errors like he did in the Minnesota game it should definitely be a priority to keep giving him the ball because he he's probably well behind Devontae Adams. He's probably the second most talented playmaker that the Packers have outside of Aaron Rodgers. So they just need to give him the rock consistently and yeah, like you said, not stray away from it at all. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, you look at what we were what we kind of have talked about with this duo. Uh, you know, J- Jamal Williams is the pass catching. He's the blocking guy, and Aaron Jones is the shifty runner. It, it, that's really not the case anymore. Aaron's jo- Aaron Jones, situationally, is fit for everything. He is he is the most dynamic running back in the NFL, you know, along with Christian McCaffrey. I think those two are very comparable. Uh, they're just so dynamic. There's no situation where I am concerned with Aaron Jones in the football game at all because his blocking has improved greatly. He catches the ball at a high rate consistently every week. And obviously his running has not, you know, has not wavered uh, throughout this season at all. So uh, there's no situation that I, that I'm worried about him in the game. And that's what I think comes down to. We can leave him in the game over Jamal Williams at times. Uh, But then again, you know, we got to pay attention to game flow and, and how the guys are doing, but always we can never bail on that guy because like we saw in Minnesota, he started off rough. That first half was not good, and then he came out and he played great, and and that was the key to what one of the keys to victory for us. So uh, it's very important that we stick with him. And Matt Lafleur, like you guys alluded to, he did a great job of doing that, and uh, we need to see more of that from him. Great, excellent coaching like that in these playoffs. Are you guys worried at all about Matt Lafleur? His first playoff game as a head coach, he made the playoffs with the Rams in 2017, but I believe he was he was the offense coordinator. He was so. Uh, definitely a lot more weight on his shoulders, and I'm sure it's uh, there's a lot of pressure on him. There's definitely is. Green Bay Packers, 13 to three record. You get a home game, get the bye week, and this is this is very important for Matt Lafleur, I'm sure. And how do you guys think he he's gonna react to that? I guess. Well, he was with Atlanta during that Super Bowl run that they went on. And, uh, that right. Game. That that's that's when he was the quarterback coach. That's what I was right. thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So that that uh that definitely helps. I mean, being, you know, the quarterback coach, being involved in that offense, being involved, you know, knowing what's going on. Yeah, that's important because, you know, you're involved in a lot of the decision making process. You're at least present during the decision making process. And that is crucial with a guy like Matt Ryan, who was MVP. You know, that's that's important. And uh, I think I, I don't see him, you know, uh, I don't see him wavering through this pressure as well as the players. I just I think he's you know, he's strung together 13 wins here. 
you know, just doing what he does each and every week, you know, even keel, uh, just cool, calm and collected and, uh, week by week. And we're like, just like every week, we're looking to go one and zero this week and it's against Seattle and it just happens to be a playoff game and we're going to go one and zero. You know, for three more games, and we're going to win the Super Bowl. So let's go win the Super Bowl. Is that the mentality you want him to have to keep the same? I want him, just another game. I want him to go one and zero three more times, and then we could start celebrating. I just think it's it's kind of natural to maybe attack this game in a different way than you would a regular season game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers spoke on it that they were going to uh, take the concepts that they were most confident in throughout the regular season and kind of just run those in the playoffs and maybe work on some things that were just inches away. We saw that a lot in Detroit. A lot of these concepts were just inches away. Receiver slowed down. Rodgers overthrew it. Whatever you think it is, it, the fact of the matter is that it was, it was just inches away, and they're so close to working. We saw that all season, all these all these potential plays that were just missed by inches, and if they can kind of work those together or just rely on what's been working for them all season, which I think is – uh, playing off the run game and running the ball at a high level. You know, if, if Matt LaFord does have any, you know, anxiety or, or anything before this, I, I know he's, you know, he's already coached 16 NFL games, but he's got some guys in his corner that have played, or I mean coached in big games. Mike Pettin was the Jets defensive coordinator back when they made two straight AFC championship games. I believe that was like 09 and 2010. And then, um, you know, his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, was calling plays in the AFC Championship game just two years ago with the Jags. So he's, he's got some people to turn to if, you know, if he's not feeling emotional ready or or anything like that. But I feel like it's just he should go at it just like any other game, just, you know, maybe a little more a little more cautious and careful and just more prepared. He's also That's- got Aaron Rodgers, which helps. Oh, 100%. Should have named him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, uh, the guys that he has around him, you know, we've got former head coach uh, Mike Pettin, uh, who's, you know, he's been there and done that, you know, on numerous occasions. You alluded uh, to Nathaniel Hackett, you know, AFC championship game with the Jags, you know, the, and those are things that obviously he can rely on. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers, having him as the quarterback, that, that takes a lot of pressure off you, I'm sure. So, uh, obviously, we don't even have to talk about how he's been there and done that, so. Uh, just, I, I really feel like just the guys that are, are around him and, uh, just that whole support system for him and the players that we have, I just think, uh, I don't see any pressure, uh, you know, making him, uh, have any trouble coaching this game. Yeah. And just one more thing before we move off the offense, uh, Aaron Rodgers, do you think he can, we know he can, but do you think he will channel his 2016 run the table self and, kind of go on a tear throughout these playoffs. I think that's the optimistic view from every Packer fan. Like, okay, now this is when Rodgers is going to turn into Aaron Rodgers and become the quarterback, the dynamic, godlike superstar that we're used to seeing. I mean, uh, man, I've through, through Aaron Rodgers' career, I only remember one poor playoff performance. That was that was 2013 against the when the Niners came to Lambeau, going against Kaepernick for the second, second year. But, uh... I just feel like Aaron just turns it on in the playoffs every single time. His his stats, I, I'm just gonna read them out. He's he's played 16 total playoff games, so that's a that's a whole season. Um, records nine and seven, obviously not pretty, but that does include a Super Bowl win. Um, 4,458 yards. Um, if if you're comparing that to any of his other seasons, that would rank second, just behind the 2011 MVP season. 
36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, a 99.4 pass rating. That's from a just if that was just a regular, you know, a regular season, 16 games. That's super impressive. He 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 he's always on another level in the playoffs, and I know the record doesn't show it, but I just feel like Aaron has a mentality to him that he's not gonna just. He's I don't think he's gonna continue this this cold streak that he's been on. He's I feel like he's gonna turn it on. Yeah, and those are those are playoff games too against much tougher opponents than you're used to yes. seeing in the regular season. So I don't know. I think we've seen him kind of play badly in the playoffs. The 2014 NFC Championship game comes to mind he didn't play great in that game there's a lot of things that went wrong in that game but uh you know the 2016 championship game he didn't really have any weapons and it's hard to blame that on him but we had Latroy guy on playing offensive line at one point in that game so you can't really pin that game on him but yeah I am very confident that he's gonna bring his game to another level he knows the stakes someone asked him if he how often he thinks about the uh, his second Super Bowl and he said it's on my mind every day so I he's that de- he definitely wants it he wants it just as much as anyone in that locker room so I'm very confident that he will be fully locked in fully prepared and, and at the highest of his game as he I don't think he's going to turn in a 2011 prime Aaron Rodgers performance but I I am I do believe that he's going to play as well as he had as well as he has in the past couple seasons I, I really think this bye week was important for Aaron. I, I, and it's not just because he didn't play great in week 17 or he hasn't played great this season, uh, at least not to the standards we expect. But I just think it was important that, you know, him and the rest of the team and the rest of the coaching staff, uh, we really needed to self-scout. And, and, you know, we needed to know what we were doing right and what we were doing wrong. And uh, if it's true that, you know, if we really are going to bring out mostly the things that we know we can do well and that we have done well this season, uh, that's a recipe for success for him and, and obviously for the whole offense. Uh, just I, the things are falling into place. And, and if they really string together and develop a great plan for this game, a great script, I just think that when it comes down to it, we're going to be doing the things that he wants to do, that he does well in this offense, that he's really still learning and still adapting to. And uh, I just think, I really think this could be a special game and, uh, maybe a special Super Bowl run. Yeah, that's definitely what we're all hoping for. And I, I think that do, about does it for the offense. Anything you guys want to say? Nah, let's move on to the defense. All right, defense. Uh, pretty tough test going against Russell Wilson, who is obviously an MVP candidate, having a phenomenal season, maybe the best season of his career, probably is the best season of his career. So that's definitely the toughest test for the Packers defense Russell Wilson at quarterback I don't think they've played a better quarterback this season we um, we, we threw out all the cold weather game stuff but at the end of the day he is um I think he's a better quarterback than he was back in 2016 and I, I don't think any of that any of the weather is going to fully stop him as a player especially the season he's having uh what do you guys think about our mat our our defense matching up with the Seahawks offense well, for them, really, it's it's kind of the questions that we had been asking, you know, around a similar point in Aaron Rodgers' career. It's can the team around him do enough to help him win the football game? And uh, obviously, he's a standout player, one of the league's best, uh, you know, second team all pro for him this year. So that was, you know, that was great for him. He had a great season. And uh, obviously, he played at a high level. So and like you said, this is the best quarterback the Packers have faced. So that's that's very, you know, that's an interesting thing to think about because you know there was times we struggled against uh, some some backups uh, so you know who knows what's going to happen against Russell Wilson right but 
it's it really it comes down to what what can the rest of the team do around him uh, to help him win. And uh, I, to me, it starts with that offensive line. If they can't protect him, then he's not going to have a chance to do anything, you know, outside the pocket and, and find guys the way he likes to, uh, especially with our nasty pass rush coming after him. Uh, but the matchup I really I'm keying in on uh, as a, a clear advantage for Green Bay is is Kenny Clark versus their backup center, uh, Joey Hunt. Uh, he struggled against Fletcher Cox mightily. Fletcher Cox had one of the best games of his career uh, last week against Seattle. And I think Kenny Clark can have a similar game. I, I really do. Uh, obviously, you know, the Seahawks are going to look at what they did against uh, against the Eagles and, and make some corrections. But Kenny Clark is, is a, a man. He is an absolute beast in there. And, and he's going to really take advantage of that matchup. And that's going to be not only tough for Russell Wilson, but it's going to be tough for the running game as well. So that's really one of the things like, you know, Dwayne Brown, obviously, on the left side, he's hurt for them. And we don't know if he'll play or not, but regardless, uh, Zadarius versus, you know, that guy, and then Jermaine Effetti versus our guy Preston, uh, th- those two matchups right there, uh, that's, you know, obviously I think Green Bay has that advantage as well. So it's going to be tough for Seattle to protect the passer and also and also really block the run. Uh, so that's just, I don't know. I, I don't see a real path to, to scoring a lot of points, at least enough to win for Seattle. They're going to have to do it all through the air. Um, I've, I've said it many times over this podcast. They don't have a like a legit running game. Uh, their main source of running yards have, has been Russell Wilson, you know, doing what he does. Um, when the play breaks down, he always always takes off, does his famous, you know, little slide five yards before any contact hits. That That's the only thing I'm worried about, man, just that – I think we've only played one quarterback that's similar to an archetype like Russell Wilson, and and that's Mitch Trubisky, who doesn't have any sort of any close to the arm that Russell Wilson has. I'm just speaking, you know, speed and running ability. That's just the one thing I hope the secondary can adjust to. Russell Russell has been known to take off. His his first read is always to throw, but he's always a threat, you know, to run the ball if, if nobody's open. And that's that's just the only thing that's been worrying me. I just I just hope some of the young guys like Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander can, you know, play back to the ball if, if things break down. And I don't know if we're going to have to, you know, do some QB spies with maybe a box safety and not Blake, but like maybe an Ibrahim Campbell or Shannon Sullivan, even Raven Green. That's that's just my main thing. I I said earlier, I think I think Kevin King, if he can play super well against DK Metcalf, I feel like we can avoid a, a monster performance like he did against the Eagles. And then um, I feel like Jair also matches up really well with Tyler Lockett. Both both smaller guys. Tyler Lockett's pretty shifty, and I feel like Jair has the perfect, you know, perfect build to, you know, run with Tyler Lockett and you know at least, you know, contain him and somewhat shut him down. But the the big thing is you know stopping Russell on when it's third and long. We we have to be able to, you know, be ready for the the scramble and the, you know, Russell Wilson taking off and getting a first down. That's that's just my biggest thing. I, I hope Mike Pettin schemes it up, at least having somebody ready, um, especially on second and long, third and long. Just you know, make sure Russell can't take off and you know beat us, beat us with his legs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's definitely the the biggest threat in this game is Russell Wilson doing something insane, which we <laughs> which wouldn't be new for him in 2019. He's done it all season, all these very close games that he's uh, been clutch enough to pull out a win 
from I think they're I think half their wins have been by one score or less so um that's definitely something and you're you're hoping that our pass rush is going to be able to kind of contain him he's one of the most difficult quarterbacks to bring down uh in this defense has struggled against quarterbacks like that like Carson Wentz or uh, Daniel Jones or Mitch Trubisky where we're we're pressure is in your face and we're going for the sack, then somehow they get out. That's happened so many times this season, and that's so frustrating. And I feel like that might come all to a head on Sunday. Uh, I'm hoping uh, Mike Pettin uh, plays some kind of contained pressure where everything's designed to keep Russ in the pocket so he's not able to make those kind of plays. And, yeah, they definitely thrive off of that. Uh, it, like we did back in back in the Jordy Nelson, Aaron Rodgers days of scramble drill kind of – freak athletic plays from your quarterback and he's going to find someone and they've done that all season so that's definitely something they should be looking out for yeah and and that relates a lot to how our corners are going to play because if even if our uh, if our pass rush is getting is getting there and and Russell escapes you know that then it comes down to can our corners hold on long enough it's really it's like complimentary football and that's just when the defensive side of the ball so uh, it's very important that our secondary plays well enough that uh, our our defensive pass rush can get to Russell Wilson and bring him down and, and and at least not let him allow to extend the play. And, you know, that's what teams say about Aaron Rodgers, you know, extend the play. You know, we can't let him get outside the pocket. And Russell Wilson is a very similar quarterback, except he, uh, you know, his his arm isn't is as big of a threat as Rodgers, uh, as opposed to his legs, which which are bigger than Rodgers. So, uh, that's the factor that we have to worry about. Can his legs be contained uh, by the guys on the outside, as well as Blake, as well as Ibrahim Campbell, Raven Green, whoever's in there? Uh, it, it's going to be important to – it's similar to what we talk about with Lamar Jackson. It's almost like a third phase of the offense, the quarterback running, and you really have to account for that with this guy. So uh, it's going to be important that all layers of the defense are, are kept in check. That way we can really just you know, at least contain Russell Wilson to – uh, avoid doing the things that he does best. Last year's matchup with the Seahawks, uh, I feel like Mike Patton really tried to contain Russell Wilson, and he did that by sacrificing some of his some of his coverage guys. Uh, in 2018, the Packers were a, a top 10 team in the NFL in terms of blitz percentage, and this year that's gone that's gone down to 27th in the NFL. We're 27th in the NFL and blitz percentage and obviously that has a lot to do with Zedarius and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary in some parts uh we have these these four guys that we can rely on we can only send four and they're they can get home consistently and I think that's going to be a big help for this game if again as we've said a very banged up offensive line that's not good in the first place going against a monstrous four-man rush that gets home consistently without us having to send any extra pressure. That's a huge advantage for Green Bay. And with their lack of a running game, it allows us to play small, which is definitely the brand of defense that Mike Patton likes to play. It's the brand of defense we've played all season. We've we've played dime defense over 50% of the snaps this season, which that's just insane. I mean, we talk about how nickel is our base pretty much. It That's not even the truth anymore. It's dime defense, six defensive backs. That's just unheard of, and I guess that's kind of – it's definitely what Mike Patton likes to do. He said it a thousand times. He'd rather play small so he can defend the pass better, and you can do that with going up against a very bad running game and a, with a front four that can get home at a consistent rate. This is one of those games where we're going to – we're really going to – I think we're going to force Seattle to run the football. 
And if they somehow find a way to run it against Kenny Clark with that O-line that they have that's really banged up, uh, with Kenny Clark there in the middle and the two guys on the outside, Dean Lowry a stud, you know, next to Kenny Clark, uh, I just, uh, you know, if they find a way to do it, then we're going to have to make some kind of change. But I just don't see that being the case. I, I really think that if we force them to run the football, uh, kind of, you know, like you said, by putting six defensive backs out there for a majority of the game, that's just going to be, that's going to be very valuable. And then we talk in that same vein, we talk about a guy like Raven Green who could really do both for us where he's a, he's a huge factor in the run game and, and he can make plays in the pass game as well. That's so crucial to have a guy that really, he's a defensive back, but at the same time, he's going to get in there and stop the run. Same with Darnell Savage. Those guys are excellent run defenders for us. So while we put six defensive backs out there, it's really not going to harm our run defense at all. And, and we're still going to have great plays against the pass. So uh, I really think that's the strategy. Ibrahim Campbell, same thing. I, those guys, we have uh, quite a few guys who are so versatile that they can really defend the run and the pass at a high level. Uh, so that's just very valuable that we have that. And that's going to be important because in terms of this matchup, it's, it's exactly what we want to do. And that fits right into what we do best. So uh, it's really, I, I keep going over these little things that just I, I don't see a way that Seattle can win this football game. It's, uh, you know, it, and if they win, we're going to have to see what happens. It have to it really takes some kind of a meltdown from the team overall. Uh, but I just I'm really confident in what we can do. And I think we have the pieces and, and just everything going our way here. And a lot of that versatility in defending the run in the past comes from the athleticism of the defense. And that's something Brian Gutekunst clearly prioritizes with players he brings in. Everyone's freakishly athletic, especially Darnell Savage. When you initially said that, I thought, is he that good at defending the run? And then I remembered that his closing speed is so fast. We've seen it every week this season where he's he's playing too high. He's up 20 yards in the defensive backfield, and he'll come down and make a tackle for three yards or four yards, which is just crazy from a safety. But yeah, there is all these just when you when we're going over all the little matchups like we are on this podcast. It is really making me more confident in this Sunday's game. It would really just take a complete flat performance, which wouldn't be very surprising. I mean, we've seen it twice this season. I think that's the biggest fear is this this team coming out flat like they did in California both times they went there this season. That that kind of seems like the only way the Seahawks could get one over on us. Yeah, and then, and then when you think about that, could that really happen with this crowd that we have with our weather advantage that we bring here? I mean— right. That that's the same thing. It's like, do we see that where the crowd, you know, the crowd takes us out of the game mentally? No, because we're at home. Like a lot of all these factors, it's just it's hard to see us lose. And like you said, these little matchups, these just the little things are is what really shows you that Green Bay has so many advantages all over the field. It's, I I mean, the only way that they they really come out and win this game is if Russell Wilson puts on an MVP performance and our offense can't step up to the plate against. Uh, you know, and and the defense of the Seattle Seahawks kind of takes some stuff away, uh, and that's just hard to picture, especially at home. Uh, we we really do have so many advantages. It's just hard to picture a loss here, and that's something. And you don't say that about a playoff game against a great team like Seattle, but just that that the matchup that we have with them, it's just it's it's very good for us. I really think it's an advantageous matchup. Do you guys have anything for score predictions for this game? Well, obviously, I'm gonna have to go with Green Bay. Not being biased, even though you know deep down I probably am, but <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's gonna be kind of low scoring, probably in the lower 20s. I just with the weather and 
just how our how our games have been going these last you know these last five games. We, we're on a five game win streak, but we haven't been scoring a lot. And I feel like it's going to be the same same thing. Um, give me the Packers twenty six over Seattle twenty one. That's kind of. Someone tweeted this uh, on Sunday. They said that all these playoff games have been so ugly. <laughs> Who, which team does really well in winning ugly? Oh, the Green Bay Packers. It's really built for our brand of football. And yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. I'm thinking 24 to 17, Green Bay. Yeah, for me, I I have to. I really, for some reason, I I keep ta- I keep saying this, but I just I picture a, a little bit bigger of a win here than than we're all thinking. Uh, I say 31-17 Green Bay. I just think you know something's going to come out of this team, and and we're going to see the true character come to life on the field, uh, you know, on the biggest stage that we've that we've experienced so far. And uh, I think Rodgers has a good day. Aaron Jones has a great day, and uh, I think our defense does a great job against one of the league's best quarterbacks. That yeah, that would definitely be a huge statement win. Uh, the national media is definitely sleeping on the Packers. I'd say. So a win like that over a team that's very well regarded to the national media, I think a little, maybe a little overrated uh, in the Seattle Seahawks, that would be definitely huge. Um, do you guys want to get into divisional round picks? A lot of great games this weekend, uh, starting with the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Houston Texans over in the AFC. Uh, any any predictions for that game, Mason? Yeah, I'm excited. Um... I'm pretty sure Chicago Bear fans are kind of looking at that game, shaking their head. You know, one of the two guys. Absolutely. That, yeah, the two guys that got picked over, or I'm, I'm sorry, got picked after the Bears picked Mitch Trubisky, uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. But that's going to be an exciting game, super exciting game. Probably, I feel like that's the second most, you know, undecided. Like, I feel like the other games we kind of know who's most likely going to win besides Green Bay and Seattle. I feel like that is probably the closest matchup, but I feel like Kansas City is definitely going to win this one. I, that defense has been playing insane. Tyron Matthew has been kind of somehow moved himself into the MV, defense MVP conversation, and uh, um, I feel like that Chiefs team has been slept on ever since Patrick Mahomes came off of uh, his knee injury. So, yeah, and in Kansas City, I'm, I'm definitely going with the Chiefs. Give me Chiefs 34, Texans 24. Yeah, the Texans won that game in the regular season, didn't they? They did, yeah. That's, yeah. It's yeah. nothing so, to sleep on. I, th- I think the Chiefs are a much better team than they were back in earlier in the season, and people forget how good Patrick Mahomes is, which is weird, considering last year no one would shut up about the guy, but he's kind of been overshadowed by Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson a little bit. But yeah, he's having a phenomenal year, and if he didn't get hurt for those, what, two or three games, I, I think he'd be in the MVP discussion for sure right now. He's definitely kept up his level of play, and I think the Kansas City can- – Kansas City <laughs> – I think the Kansas City Chiefs are just very dangerous right now. They're playing great football. Their defense, their defense has made an all-time turnaround. They're playing great on that side of the ball. And I just think the Texans are a little too uh, dysfunctional, a little too much bad coaching, a little too much reliance on star power over in Houston. Like Deshaun, Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt, if they're not all on and they were on late in the game against the Bills, which is what led them to come back and win that game, but... In the first half, when they weren't playing at their highest level, we saw what happened, and I think they're. I think you don't win, especially in the playoffs, when you're so reliant on your two or three big guys, your big stars playing at their highest level. So yeah, give me Chiefs. Yeah, for me the Chiefs game. 
I, I really have the Chiefs coming out, and I think they're going to they're gonna pull out a big win here. And uh, I've got them, I'm going to say 38-21. to 21. I think it's going to be a, a very big win for them on offense. Uh, they're going to dominate the football. Uh, they're going to control time of possession, and that starts with, you know, that fantastic quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I think the Houston Texans defense is going to be exposed a little bit here, obviously 38 points in a playoff game. Uh, but I just think overall the Chiefs are just a hot team right now. They've got the bye week, and, you know, they're going to be healthy. You know, all the things point in their favor, and uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. So we're all going all Chiefs, three Chiefs picks up. The other game in the AFC is Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans, the one seed versus the six seed. The Titans pull off that upset in New England last week, which was uh, not pretty, but they did beat the New England Patriots, which is a testament on its own. Uh, I think – I'm definitely going Ravens in this one. I think it could be a blowout. Uh, I just don't think the Titans are. I, I think they they are very good, and a lot of people are underrating them, uh, just because they're the Titans and <laughs> no one pays attention to the Titans. But uh, I just I just think this this Ravens team coming off of a bye, they've played phenomenal, best team in the league all season. I don't think they've lost since, since September. And uh, yeah, coming off of a bye against a Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, who's been playing well for sure, but is still very limited as a quarterback. And then obviously Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, those two together are just going to scheme something up that I don't think the Titans are going to be able to compete with. Yep, I I agree with you, man. The Titans have been super hot lately. Beating the Patriots in Gillette, that's that's pretty much unheard of, especially in the wildcard game. The Patriots are never playing in the wildcard game. For them to do that, super impressive. They had... The league's leading rusher, Derrick Henry, maybe maybe the league's offensive rookie of the year, and AJ Brown, and then wherever <laughs> wherever this Ryan Daniel came out of, he's been super impressive, way way better than Marcus Mariota was playing earlier in the year, and um, yeah, unfortunately their their Cinderella story run is probably ending this week, and I just you, you never really see a six seed going to a one to a one seed's house and even even compete, so. Yeah, definitely, definitely have the Ravens probably blowing out the Titans in this one. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm I'm predicting a, a closer game. I just think, uh, at first at least, I, I do think that Tennessee is going to compete early on, maybe through the first half and more. Uh, but at some point, they're going to not be able to run the football uh, because Baltimore is going to start to score points and they're going to have to start passing it. And I, I do think, uh, you know, the Baltimore Ravens will break away and win this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a little more low scoring. I'm going to go with 28 to 20. And I think Baltimore gets the win at home, moves on to face the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Yeah, maybe I am doing Mike Vrabel a little disservice. Uh, he's he's done a great job all season. Uh, maybe he can figure out a way to stop Lamar Jackson, which no one's been able to do this season. Uh, that'd definitely be impressive. And you'd have to seriously consider them as like, wow, this team could actually win the Super Bowl if they were to beat the Ravens. So uh, moving on, last game of this divisional round. In the NFC, the number one seed, San Francisco 49ers, versus the sixth seed, Minnesota Vikings, who just pulled off a crazy upset win in New Orleans last week. Um, I, I This is d- very difficult for <laughs> Packer fans, I think, because who do you root for? This game's on Saturday, right? Yeah, I believe so. So they're going to be playing before the Packers either way, if, if it, even if it is on Sunday. But yeah, uh, it's very weird for the Packers fans because uh, the thing you've got to root for the Vikings right I mean 
because at that point you're hoping that the games at the NFC Championship games at Lambeau, but you also never want to root for the Vikings. And some Packer fans are also worried that can we beat this team three times in one season? Can we keep up the level of performance that we've had against the Vikings this season? And then on the other on the other end. The 49ers, you don't want to root for them because you don't want to go on the road in the NFC Championship game if you beat the Seahawks. And obviously, we know what happened in earlier this season against the 49ers. And I think that's a team that no Packer fan wants to play again. So for me, I'm going to be pulling for the Vikings, I think, just because just of the home field advantage that we get in the championship game. And I do think we could beat the Vikings. But as far as that game goes, I do think the 49ers are going to win. Um, I think they've just got a very bloated roster. Obviously, <laughs> we all know that at this point, their roster is insanely talented on offense and defense. And the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, who had a okay game against New Orleans, really came in clutch in overtime. But overall, it was an okay performance. And I don't know if he's going to be able to repeat that. I think the 49ers are going to win in a uh, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty big win, uh, double digits probably. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to even make a case for the Vikings. I know they just upset the Saints, which was crazy. I just we saw firsthand what the 49ers are all about. They they're a complete football team, super run heavy. Kyle Shanahan's offense is is just it's scary. It's scary. Um, any team that lacks a little bit in the run defense department is is going to get torched. And I feel like the Vikings just aren't strong enough up there. Um, we we saw Week 16, Aaron Jones just absolutely demolish their run defense. And I know Cal Shanahan will, will get Raheem Moistert, Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, fully up to speed, fully going against that Minnesota defense. And it's, it sucks, man. Going into, going into the playoffs, you know, I, I, the, the things that thought that we thought were going to happen, we thought we're going to have to play the saints, you know, the Packers um, hosting the saints. And then we thought maybe Seattle could help us out, beat the Niners so we can meet Seattle in the you know the NFC Championship game if we were to get past the Saints. But now things are a little different. Um, we got a somewhat of an easier matchup in the divisional round. But you know the most likely scenario is we're gonna have to the winner of the Packers Seahawks game is gonna have to travel to San Francisco, um, which it, it's tough. It's tough. But uh, uh, getting back to my prediction, I I just don't see Minnesota winning. Um, Niners probably by ten at the least yeah for me I've got a similar outlook on the game it's uh obviously uh, you know as a Packers fan if we win this game we don't really want to go and play either team because that means both teams are hot you know I, I just especially you know going into San Francisco I wouldn't want to play them and if Minnesota comes out and beats San Francisco that's you know that's two great teams they would now have beaten uh in the uh, in the playoffs and, and regardless of whether we beat them twice or you know now it's it's a third time and we can only do so many things different to beat a team once again so that's you know that's another matchup that we'd have to worry about but uh for this game I do think that San Francisco will come out with the win uh because they are getting some key guys back like D Ford and Quan Alexander and and they they got healthy with this bye that that's the key that's why the bye is so important because teams get healthy and it's really our healthy team versus your banged up team that just had to go play a playoff game and, and go to overtime and that's very very you know, it's tiring for not only, you know, the offense, but the defense as well. So uh, I just think San Francisco comes out with a with a victory, probably somewhere around uh, maybe maybe 20, 23 to 21. I think it's going to be a close game, but 
I do think San Francisco will come out with the victory. So we all agreed on all of our picks for every game this weekend. That's cool. It's going to be a great weekend of football, and luckily the Packers play last, so uh, a Packers loss wouldn't sour the taste in our mouths for all the rest of these great playoff games. Because I think I, a cool thing to think about is by the time the Packers play on Sunday night, there will be five teams with a chance to win the Super Bowl, and Green Bay will be one of them. And that's just a, it's just an exciting thought. Uh, I, you know, obviously – We've had, we're going to have to win that game to get to that final four. Uh, but that's just, you know, from going where we were uh, these past two seasons to, you know, losing seasons and things of that nature uh, to now be 13 and three by week chance to move on into the NFC championship. Once again, where we had been for so many years, uh, it's just such a great feeling. And uh, I'm just so excited and hopefully we can come out with this win and, and then try to right our wrongs against, you know, hope, uh, I'm assuming, you know, a, a team, San Francisco, that, that really beat us hard. Kind of similar to what happened, you know, against Arizona uh, in what, what was it, 2015? Right. 20, yeah, 2015, right? So Yeah, I was uh, thinking that earlier, too. Yeah, yeah that, this, it's like that game, you know, we got blown out by them in the regular season. And then, you know, obviously we went to overtime against them in the playoffs. And, and we're going to have to do something similar if we end up playing San Francisco in the NFC Championship. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's just it's very, very exciting and uh, everybody's feeling it right now and we just cannot wait. And, and we're really rooting for Green Bay to come out with a victory this Sunday. Absolutely. And hopefully we will be talking next week after a Packers win, talking about the Packers in the NFC Championship game. That's what we're hoping for. And yeah, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening. You can find this podcast on Spotify, on iTunes and YouTube uh, for me. All Day Packers on Instagram, Mason at Packer Posts on Instagram and Twitter, and Braun at Lambo Leapers on Instagram. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Go Pack Go!